Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm excited to introduce my next guest, John Todd, who is the Director of Community Experience at Fandom. Today, John and I discuss what a community of fans looks like. All fans. Any fans of anything. John shares some metrics he uses to gauge the growth and success of the community and how they're working to create safe and inclusive spaces for everyone. Well, John, I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited as well. Look forward to talk. Let's dive right in. I want to hear, for those people who don't know, what is fandom and what is it that you do in your role? Sure. So fandom is a global entertainment media platform that's powered by fan passion. I know that sounds like a lot. So so in other words, <laughs> it's the number one fan-trusted entertainment source for exploration, contribution, and celebration of all things pop culture. And I really do mean all things. So anime, Sailor Moon, or TV shows like Drag Race, or books, Stephen King. I mean, it's absolutely everything you could imagine when it comes to uh, this pop culture world we live in. So it's as much fun as it sounds like. <laughs> I mean, it does sound fun. I'm starting to think like, okay, how do you manage all the different groups? How do you manage all the people? But so I want to hear what do you do in your role for fandom? For sure. So in my role as the director of community experience, I'm tasked with optimizing that user experience by tending to the engagement and retention efforts surrounding both our core creators and our casual creators. And so that lends itself to programming, interaction, tool creation, adoption, things of that sort. So before I go any further on that, as I'm talking about fandoms and this and the other, what are your fandoms? So like, what do you like to watch? What do you like to read, do, et cetera? Oh my gosh. I mean, that's a really good question. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Archie comics like shaped who I am today. And I would be really interested because it's been such a long time since I really talked about Archie comics with anybody. I want to meet people who were also shaped by Archie comics. Come on over yeah, so you're saying there's an Archie comic channel? <laughs> oh, there are about 270,000 community, well, wikis, and then we call them communities. So 270,000. So uh, if it's not there, I would be shocked. Uh, but Riverdale is, I know for a fact that that's a big community. And so if the Riverdale is a big community, then obviously the source material for Riverdale has to be every bit as, as engaging and fun. It has to be. I remember, this is just a quick Archie comic anecdote because we have time. <laughs> when I was a kid, I would like run around and say, again," And my mom was like, what are you saying? And I'd stub my toe and be like, oh, again!" And it was always what Mr. Lodge said. But here I was just a kid learning how to read and sounding words out. And he was actually saying son of a gun. But I was, <laughs> it like taught me how to read. I'm not deep into the Archie mythos, but if whoever wrote that, you should let them know that, hey, not only did you learn to read, but you also learned to sort of like semi-curse, you know, from... <laughs> the so, I mean, like... That was, that was the beginning. your voice of life. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so now I'm like in your world. I feel like your world is so much fun. I feel really giddy just talking about this. So I can see why people flock to the fandom communities, all 270,000 of them. But I want to hear kind of behind the scenes, what goes on in your team. So 
with so many different community spaces, how are you tracking metrics? Like, how are you tracking the growth of these communities? Sure, sure. So I I think like a lot of UGC communities, our metrics really revolve around um, really strengthening that user experience. Uh, Again, specifically measuring around creation, exploration, engagement, and then making sure users come on back to do it all over again. So establishing some sort of valued and satisfied creator community. So to that end, you know, some of the metrics that we use that that I can share are things like number of communities, and that's even grown from Q1. Uh, Q1, we were out 250, and now we're around 270. Site visits as well, which goes to the retention aspect, and that has about 330 million uh, monthly uniques. So those things are very exciting. And sort of in addition to that, we have opportunities that really engage both exploration and engagement. So our core product are the wikis or communities, as you call them. That, that's the original product of the site. But um, there's also a lot of video content. So I don't know. A lot of times people interact with fandom and they don't even, they're not even realizing that they are so much. So, um, you know, if you've watched Honest Trailers or Screen Junkies, you know, that's all fandom properties and fandom content as well as a lot of really content-heavy uh, pop culture articles uh, that go along with that engagement as well. So uh, just, again, because it's current, Loki has come out. So some really great articles that are not only deep dives into what you saw, but also tons of Easter eggs and speculation. I'm going to say spoiler, speculation on what's coming out in the future. I'm an MCU guy. So whenever stuff like that comes out, I just sort of like gobble it up. And, and it's fun because when... Marvel sort of launched their TV streams and like WandaVision came out and everyone's really captivated, not only by the content, but also by the process. The fact that they were going back to this old school process is ridiculous old school, but like just releasing like one episode a week and they're like, what, what is this crazy? <laughs> you know, I'm like, yes, yes. Like a long, long time. Once upon a time, TV shows came out once a week, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. not all at once. So it really, allowed people to to write these think pieces and fun articles that people could really dive deep and discuss about what it is they're watching, what they think they're going to see. And that's, I think, a large part of the fun of being a fan is really sort of having that communal experience and, you know, experiencing it as a group. Totally. And I I mean, the fandom TV shows and, and all of these different things you're talking about, they become such a healthy obsession, I'll say. And especially by saying, okay, once a week, we're going to bring this out. That draws people together even more because the excitement is there. The speculation, like you said, is there. And we all are sitting here together, waiting together. So it's just like, I mean, it's the perfect opportunity to have those kinds of conversations and and connect over them. It's a lot of fun. And you get to learn a lot too, you know, like I said, I'm really into MCU. I'm a comic nerd. So, you know, I'll go and read like DC and Marvel and I'll just, you get to a rabbit hole. You just say, click on this person like, oh, I don't know this. And then you're like, how am I spending all this time on there? But, but you really, you get into it. And when it comes to things like that, like comics, where there is, you know, you've got decades of continuity, you know, it gets tough to remember everything and sort of nice, like everything is sort of you know, nicely wrapped in a bow. You're like, oh, that's right. You know, like, so because the sort of soup operate you too. You're like, oh, that's right. She did die. And she came back to life and all this other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you get it and you remember it. And then you, you get to enjoy the source material even more. Hi, everyone. Anne-Marie Pollocky-Dinkle here, event manager at CMX. And I am crashing this podcast to cordially invite you all to CMX Summit 2021 Rise. 
on August 31st through September 2nd, join seasoned practitioners, emerging leaders, and industry experts for three jam-packed days of speakers, hands-on workshops, and networking with the world's largest group of community builders. Everything you need to rise up and thrive. Head over to cmxhub.com to RSVP now. See you there. And so speaking from like a community manager standpoint, I feel like the folks who are joining your community are so full of passion and they're so full of enthusiasm. I'm sitting here thinking you must not have any issue with like churn or people leaving or, you know, the engagement dropping. But is that true? Is it just all passion all the time? Or do you have to kind of drive that engagement every once in a while? Sure. So I think like with every UGC community, you know, there is going to be some amount of churn because no one's going to stay on a platform forever, right? You know, life happens, you know, you can get married, you have kids, you, you know, just things happen. So you're, you're going to move out. So the fun thing about this platform is that it is so widespread and ubiquitous that you have everything from, like I said, like the TV shows and comics to books. There's, there's a large wiki community about aesthetics, lipsticks, uh, logos, maps, you know, the, so there really is such a huge depth of content that people can always find their way and, and find like-minded people. So if for say, uh, say Superstore, all right. So um, not say the Superstore uh, fandom is gone or Wiki is gone, but it might not have as much activity as it once did because it's no longer airing, right? You're going to have new shows coming on like Loki. And I'm not getting paid to see any of those things. Like, <laughs> <but it's>, I, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just seeing the activity on site and seeing the excitement uh, behind people, are, you know, contributing to those wikis. And so uh, that's where the, I guess, lack of churn, if you will, comes in the life cycle of the fandom user comes into play because there's always something coming around or something for someone to discover. Yeah, totally. And now you sitting kind of on the, I shouldn't say perch, that makes it sound so <laughs> hierarchical, but you sitting in the you know, behind the scenes watching it all. Do you have like super members? Do you have people that you know by name who are just like so passionate and are always coming back and like, are you rewarding them? <laughs> oh, for sure. So we have our highly engaged, I mean, like everything, there's that one nine ninety pyramid, right? That just is community, the internet real large. So we definitely have that as well. So we have the people who have actually been on platform. I'm talking about like a turn. They actually have been there for a very long time, you know, and they're very invested. And I think that's part of the joy you find with intrinsic minded communities rather than transactional ones, because when people are there because they want to be, they tend to stick around because they're not, they're dependent upon what they're getting. So, um, sort of the, it sounds cheesy, but, you know, sort of like the platform is the reward, but, you know, like going on that people are people and people like things, you know, we definitely have opportunities as well for the, for those people, for those people and for the community at large. You know, we have a lot of interactive programming. Uh, last year, right before everything got locked down, we had a big event called Community Connect that was held at Walt Disney World. And so people, got, yeah, right. And so we, people got to come in and interact with the platform, interact with the people behind the scenes and product, ask questions and interact with each other. And so that, that was a lot of fun. And so obviously the world has changed since then, but now the things are hopefully, you know, opening up and getting better. You know, we want to look at, at more of that 
In addition, we also partner with a lot of brands to do um, on-site activations, uh, whether it is with uh, big gaming launches or movies or, or TV uh, opportunities as well. So uh, we definitely want to make sure that we have those opportunities for those users. And, you know, spoiler alert, you know, we're going to be doing some more stuff coming up in the future. So um, that's all I'll say at this point. But um, that's, what, what, watch that's like the worst spoiler alert i've ever heard <laughs> no, 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 but, but i'm not i'm not giving specifics i'm just giving like a little tease right like like it's a teaser for you. Mm-hmm. think of it like that. I love it. It as a teaser trailer you know <laughs> okay like we're gonna do more things Ooh, i love it well i'm personally looking forward to when you host events in my city and i can go meet other archie comic enthusiasts <laughs> I'm telling you, like, and you might be surprised, you know, one thing that I've really been thrilled to experience is just the range of people who make up this community, right? This isn't uh, just one sort of demographic, one sort of look of a person or, or type of person. Truly, you know, when, I, when we say global, it's truly global. People from all around the world, you know, every age, race, gender, background, what have you everyone's participating and that's just the real beauty of this right you know that it there is no bar and barrier to entry everyone like as long as you have a love of something you can join others who love the same thing too and find that sort of community thing happening it's it's really it's it's you know not not again i'm getting so cheesy with this stuff but but there's a lot of truth to it you know like it my whole concept of community when i first started to now has always been inclusion minded and being at a place that sees that not only in its philosophy, but actually in its product is it's just, it's so rewarding. Cool. I don't think you have to apologize for sounding cheesy. Cause like, honestly, everybody who's listening to this knows that fuzzy, warm feeling you get when you see community members connecting or when you see two passionate people like answering each other's questions and helping each other. I feel like we've all experienced that. So you're among friends here, John. Yes. Safe space. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I feel like we could talk about this for way longer, but this is a short podcast. And so we only have time for one more question. And that's the question I ask everybody, which is who is a community builder that you would love to grab lunch with? Ooh, okay. Is it a punt to say Barack Obama? I mean, <laughs> you know, but, you know, his experience as a community organizer, you know, was uh, talked about ad nauseum when he was running for president, et cetera. But I mean, look at the result. Like, it, it turned out pretty well, right? But if I can't say uh, 44, then I'm, I'm going to just continue on this, like, rogue track I've taken this entire <laughs> this entire podcast and go a bit offline and, uh, and think about not community per se, but I think it does the same thing. So in my estimation, I think the NFL was the first major American sports league to truly prioritize community. I think they call their community, like, fan-first marketing or something like that. But it really involved a shift from, you know, looking at authentic engagement over just a transactional relationship. So, you know, prioritizing a customer base as people looking for experiences, whether that experience is in the game or in events or fellowships with other fans and really doubling down on that rather than focusing on them as just people to be marketed to. So when that focus pivoted away from the brand into the fan, like, you know, growth went up, engagement went up, retention went up. And, you know, to my estimation, you know, that's, that's community, right? You know, like that's all the things that happen when you, when you do it the right way. Totally. And you're right. I mean, the, especially in the NFL, which I'm very much outside of the community there, but it's a huge identity 
like you identify with the team that you love. And I mean, if that's not community, then I don't know what it is. So there, uh, and I'll also accept Barack Obama because he, the whole snowflake model for his campaign, like that is distributed events community right there. That's how a lot of corporations are doing it. And it's the answer to a lot of questions. So I'll accept them both, John. Excellent. Excellent. Yes, because, you know, the space has grown and, and now people, you know, went from, you know, what is communities now? It's this thing that people can sort of wrap their heads around. So excellent. I, yeah. I appreciate you making both. <laughs> well, I appreciate you making some time for me, John. This has been such a pleasure to chat with you. Oh, I've loved it. Uh, thank you so much for reaching out. And uh, yeah, I, I could talk community and fandom all day long. So uh, if you ever want to, I'm here. And, and also, if you ever want to talk comic books or MCU stuff, I'm here for that too. <laughs> nice. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre. <laughs>